You're listening to Mornings with Eric and Bridget right here on Moody Radio 89.3. Lena Abujamra is a pediatric ER doctor, the founder of Living with Power Ministries, and a Bible teacher out with a brand new study called Through the Desert, a study in God's faithfulness. It's a unique take on ways that people have been called to the desert physically in Scripture and what that teaches us about the spiritual times where we may be feeling parched. Lena, good morning. Thanks so much for joining us. I'm so happy to be with you. This is the most interesting start of a Bible study I've ever read. Do you have any idea how many women's Bible studies are published each year? A lot, which means that no one really needs another Bible study. So then you proceeded to go into, uh, what is it? 300 pages of a Bible study. That's or 200 pages. Uh, okay. Tell me why you wrote this book. If that's your impression. <laughs> Is she there? Let's see. Uh, are, do we, oh, that's very interesting. Okay. <laughs> Lena, I think we're reconnecting with okay. you. I did. I lost you guys. We did lose Man, you it was so, it was so interesting. I went into orbit. <laughs> Ooh, I'm back. <laughs> you are back. All right, so so explain to us why, after saying we don't need another one, you went and produced another one. Right? <laughs> because at the end of the day, we really need God's Word, however we get it into our, 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 our systems. And it really, we really need more of God's Word and less of studies that build in around God's Word. So I'm, I'm never offended if people are like, listen, I don't have time for your Bible study because I'm reading the Bible. But the truth is that most people, like myself, we aim well, we want well, sort of like the New Year's resolutions. We want to read the Bible, we just don't know where to start. And sometimes we don't even know what the Bible's about. So when you start to take a chapter out of context and read it, it becomes a practice where it becomes about you. It's like, what's my fortune cookie for the day? I've done that with the Bible where I'm like, oh, this is a great verse. I'm going to apply it for my test today. I went to med school on a lot of those verses. And again, I don't think that those necessarily motives are always wrong when you're a young believer, when you're starting out understanding who God is, you know, sort of navigating your way as a Christian. I think, you know, just like with our kids, God is very generous with saying, yeah, here's a promise that will help you today. But I think as we grow into faith, I think there has to come a point where we sort of understand the big picture. What's going on in the world? Where do I fit into the God story? This world was not created for Lena. It was created by God for God's glory. So now what is my role in that story? And I think every Bible study that aims to do that helps Christians to get their bearings so that when you do open your Bible and land on Romans 8, while it's an amazing promise for what I have to face today, it helps you now to put it in context of the bigger picture, which I think, by the way, is a whole lot more exciting than the 80 or 90 or even 100 years that I may have here on this earth. Yeah, and your Bible study is helping us do that in a unique way, because in Scripture, we read over and over again about desert experiences, like literal physical experiences, like Abraham, who was invited out of his country, from his homeland with his people, into the desert, according to uh, God's promise, and obeying God, he went out. So talk to us about just the premise of the desert. Well, I've spent so much of my Christian life in the desert, symbolically speaking, which ironically, I mean, I love deserts. I remember the first time I went to Arizona. I mean, my mom is a beach person, so uh, she was sort of like never took us out there. And when I went, I loved it. But in my symbolically Christian life, I've been miffed at the desert. Like, it's too hot. I'm too thirsty. God, where's the oasis? Why does everybody else seem to be comfortable and not me? And I think until in the last few years, I've started to understand that the desert isn't the place I'm supposed to just 
make through. Like we look at the desert as a stepping stone to the good life. And if I can just get through it, everything will be fine. But as you look at scripture from beginning to end, you see the desert, not just as, as like we think of the desert as a punishment of the people of Israel when they sinned. So we start to think every time I'm in a desert, it means I've done something bad. And if I can just find out what that is and get a little bit more faith, then God will get me through the desert. And I'll finally make it to the promised land. But in fact, when you look at the story of scripture, you see a God who from the get-go, by the way, invites Abraham to follow him. He's his resting place, but then he takes him into the desert. I find that so fascinating. No one wants to talk about that so much. But, it, you know, there's different seasons, different deserts. And then you look at John the Baptist. I've highlighted desert places in the Bible from beginning to end. So I sort of am a big picture person. I think I'm wired that way in the ER. You know, people come to the ER with all sorts of problems. And part of the ER doctor's job is to step back and say, okay, here's where you've been, here's where you're going, and here's why this is happening. And I think that's really what I try to do in the Bible study of saying, look, identify what desert you're in, but understand that the point isn't to get through it as much as it is to get closer to God in it. He's our resting place. He's our oasis. He's our joy. He's our freedom. He's our power in our desert seasons that may come, that may go. People get out of the deserts and find themselves in worse shape sometimes than when they are in the desert. But all of it is ultimately uh, a path to make us aware of our need for God and to draw even more on the goodness of God and his faithfulness, which is really the theme that's highlighted in this Bible study, at least. See, but our whole lives are built on avoiding pain, whether it's putting a seatbelt yeah. on or getting a better education or having a savings account that is better than my neighbors or whatever it is. We're trying to avoid the pain of what comes with such and such. Uh, that's not what God's asking us to do, though, is it? Is that what you're saying? Well, no, I think I think the point is no. I think God. I don't think God is into pain per se, right? Okay, I mean, okay. so pain, God uses pain, but I don't think God is like, oh, I love pain. No, I think God is all good, and He bestows favor on His children. Like a lot of you know, humans have sort of messed up this concept. Like we divide camps in the church. There's a half that really believes in the goodness of God and His favor, and we call them like they're them, not us. And then there's the other camp that is like. It's, it's the ones that are too strict and they don't believe in you know any of God's goodness. I think God joys in giving his kids good things, right? I think the point of pain is that, so I think when you're in the desert, the idea is that God has promised us that when he's with us, whether our circumstances are uncomfortable or, or good, he's the source of our joy. So our joy isn't in, oh, I got a big house in Tampa Bay, you know, with a boat docked to the, you know, to, 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 the, to the backyard. I mean, we think that's joy. So we think if God, if you can just get me through the circumstance of the desert, then I'm going to have lack of pain, which is joy. When, while God is saying it's not the absence of our pain, but the presence of God in our life in the midst of our pain that gives us that unstoppable rest and peace and joy that every human is ultimately looking for. That's what I'm looking for. I'm, I mean, I'd love to have, you know, I'd love to be in Tampa Bay. I came back to, to, from Florida yesterday to Chicago and I stepped out of the airport and I thought, oh my goodness, I was back in Florida. You know, so everyone wants that, but my joy isn't based in a weather pattern, right? I mean, think about that. It's not in a bank account and we all see things ebb and flow. It's not in a relationship because ultimately everyone goes through bad breakups and divorces and then you're kind of going like, what happened now? And, and God's like, look, I'm in it with you. I don't, I hate this pain in, but I'm here. I'm holding you. I love you. There's more coming. Just be patient. You know, the seasons will pass, but I'm in this with you through it. And I think that's our joy in the Christian life. And I've, for one, I've, I've honestly, I've 
look to the other side for so long. And if, I've, if I'm teaching anything, it's what I've learned, which is ultimately it's when I'm rested and grounded and, and, and aware of God in my desert places that I found the peace that passes all understanding. Yeah, you talk about Abraham, the people of Israel, John the Baptist, their desert experiences. But in week six, you talk about Jesus and how he helps us to overcome our desert places. What can we learn from how Jesus spent time in the desert? Well, you know, <laughs> just this week, my mom told me a story that made me laugh. I mean, it's a sad story, but it was, it was, my mom has a habit of finding every worst story of the internet. I don't know how they land in her inbox. But he called on this pastor who tried to emulate Jesus and went to the desert and, like, starved to death. He died because he tried not to eat or drink for 40 days. Like, like it's so funny how we take things and sometimes switch them around and want them to meet. You know, we want the formula. We want to do whatever we think is going to work in order for to find that rest that we think is going to happen outside of Jesus, right? So Jesus, like, walks through the desert. He does the heavy-duty work for us. So now we don't have to do it. We can just rest in him. Our victory's in him. I've caught myself so often trying to to, to model Jesus, like, to, to, to do what he did. And we're taught that in church. Like, I don't know if it's bad to quote Bible verses when you're in temptation. That's the way to do it. But we're always going to fall short. I've fallen short. And then we beat ourselves on the back. and like, yeah, I'm such a loser. I can't believe I've fallen short. When Christ is like, I've already done it for you. So rather than working so hard when we're in that place where we're trying to overcome, if we could just learn to rest in the Savior who's already done it. So he's more than a model for us. He's the embodiment of victory for us. And I think that's a nuance that I think I tease out in the Bible study too. Because a lot of failure in the Christian life is born out of this, well, I tried Christ's way and it's not working. Well, you're not supposed to try so hard. You're supposed to trust and rest. And and by the way, the, the other very interesting thing about the, the account of Jesus in, in the temptation and the desert, at the end of the story, there's a little tidbit verse where it says that Satan, the devil, left him until the next opportune time. And I think, man, so many of us, again, we think, if I could just get through the desert of temptation, I'm done. When Satan's, as long as we're here on this earth, until Christ returns or we meet him, there's always going to be a next desert, a next temptation, a next, you know, difficult circumstance. Again, if we're looking for our circumstances to change, we will constantly be disappointed in the Christian life. But if we lean on the Savior who never does, that's the secret of our joy and our happiness. And so this study is aimed to remind us of that and to show us in Scripture that we are not alone, first, in our desire for comfort, but second, in our search to find that comfort in the only one that gives it to us. The way you put it in the book here, this this line that popped out says, where we see the desert, God sees salvation. That really is, it's important, isn't it, that he has saved us through this season? Yeah, I mean, I think, exactly. I think God's, I really think it's... uh, our perspective and God's are so, so, so uh, widely different. And the point of Bible study is to align our perspectives to his. Really, that's why we read the Bible. At the end of the day, it's to remind ourselves, like, hey, I might be looking at this differently. But pain can become so claustrophobic. I mean, I think it can be. This is why, by the way, you asked me at the beginning, why did I write the study? Because I think people need to know. Like, sometimes you, you forget, like, the leaders or the teachers. or Like, I write a lot of autobiographical, you know, the things I write. I've lived. And we're all in this together. There's no person that you're watching on any screen or social media or writing, writer of a Bible study who won't tell you or should tell you that, man, I'm there. I've been there. I live this. Like, this isn't easier for me because I've read the Bible more times. 
lives than you have. That's ridiculous and proud. We're in it together. But if I've learned anything is that the lower I've come, the lower I've felt God's presence, or the, most, the more I felt God's presence. And so I think the Lord, when he looks at us, God, when he looks at us, I think he sees those deserts as opportunities to draw near to us and for us to become acutely aware of his love for us. Those are the places in my life that I felt his love the most. So it is our salvation, because that's ultimately what we need, is his very presence. And so I keep going back to that, because I, I really think we are so American in our Christianity these days, and we're so worldly in what we look for, for rest. And I think the story of scripture and the story of the Bible, the story of Jesus, is a story that is so inspiring because it is so far removed from the things of this earth, but it's also so practical and real. And it is, at the end of the day, the only thing that will satisfy us. What is your hope for this Bible study, Lena? I always want people to, I mean, my hope always is for healing and for freedom. I mean, ultimately, when you're healed, as a doctor, I see people who are healed, they go about living their lives with a pep in their step, they're, they're joyful about, you know, the quality of life they have. I think we need healthy spiritual lives. And so my goal is for freedom. Freedom is the ultimate uh, example of what it looks like to be a healthy Christian. Freedom from worry, freedom from anxiety, freedom from heaviness and depression, freedom from sadness, freedom from all of those things that suck the life out of us. And if, if you can get a taste of God's goodness and his faithfulness to you in this Bible study, then I, would, I think that will be one step closer to, to freedom. A man we're pretty familiar with, Dr. Mark Job said, I strongly encourage you to dive into this study and discover not only how to survive the desert, but God's purpose and plan to use your desert experience for good. And to find, and this is my own adding to that, to find the rest that you've been talking about, Lena. Thank you so much for uh, this resource. There's videos. It's, it's like, it's not just a, a book, but there's a lot more around it that you can be a part yeah. of. So, Lena, thank you for putting all that together for this study. I'm so happy people will have access to it, and it does. It comes with six videos. You just do a little QR code at the back. Uh, it's really a great deal for what you get out of it. So thank you for having me on today. Through the Desert, a study on God's faithfulness. We have a link directly to it and Living with Power Ministries at our website, ericandbridget.org.